Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 496 on the 25th of September. And what will we talk about today? Well, uh, I'm going to share a little uh, observation set from my uh, vacation and uh, the rest of the week. um, I'm not really sure. I read three different books. Uh, over my vacation, uh, two of which were rereads, uh, but there were some useful lessons and points that I would like to drive home in the episodes this week. And quite frankly, um, I'm I'm going to do my best to stay upbeat and stay on track. We're going to finish this month out strong, uh, hoping to hit the 200k mark at the end of the month. Uh, still doable. We got uh, five days five episodes. Let's get her done. Uh, but thank you for joining me. And, uh, as I always say, uh, let's go with thoughts on vacation for the, uh, episode. Let me remind you the best way you can help me is to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Put it on your social media. Come pay me a visit. I'm on Gab, MeWe, and of course, Facebook. We have a group and a page there. And I, uh, I do visit lots of, uh, social media groups just because I want to stay abreast of what's going on in my hometown, in my home County and in my lovely state of Texas. And here we go on with the show. Alrighty. So I had to do a brief pause there. Let's see. So I spent the week in Colorado. Now, Colorado is God's country that has been invaded by pagans. Uh, of, of course the good folks in Colorado Springs haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> They're doing their best to hold the line there. And it, it's a, that was a wonderful town and I, and I stayed in a really good hotel. I'm actually going to probably do a Google review or something on that. But if you're going to go to Colorado Springs, I would recommend you check out the Academy hotel there. Um, it is uh, right off the freeway. And basically across the freeway, if you will, on Academy Drive from the Air Force Academy. It's independently owned. It's very nice, wonderful uh, place. I mean, it's dated. I'm going to be honest. It's not perfect. It's it's not like staying at a five-star resort. I mean, but for a nice, moderately priced or reasonably priced family getaway, you'd be hard-pressed to beat that location. So you recommend you check it out. While we were there, of course, we went and visited uh, Pikes Peak, Garden of the Gods, uh, we even paid a visit to the focus on the family headquarters and, um, drove around a little bit and enjoyed God's country. Hmm. Fun place. I will tell you that in Colorado Springs, I was struck by the amount of people we ran acro- across that were just really nice. It was almost like a cross between the Midwestern, uh, value and their speak with the Southern hospitality. Uh, very, uh, very nice. I, I hadn't been to Colorado Springs in a few years and, uh, you know, enjoyed the time there. From there, we transitioned all the way up to Estes Park. Now, on the way to Estes Park, you pass through on 36 Golden, which is the home, the home of Coors Beer, if you didn't know that, which at one point was apparently the largest brewery in the United States. And from there, you carry on uh, into Boulder. Now, once you get to Boulder, you've essentially entered Austin. 
<laughs> or if you prefer San Francisco and the Rockies. <laughs> you know, I was struck by the, I, I don't know how to put it, just the outward need to show the celebration of perversity. I, I, I am always been a fan of live and let live. I've been a very strong proponent of, yeah, what you do is between you and God. I don't really need to know about it. In fact, I really don't want to know about it. But that being said, um, not a fan, don't approve, not going to approve, uh, have zero desire to hear about it. And uh, certainly don't want you getting in front of my kids. But that being said, it was just a, a strange situation. Apologize, a little technical difficulty as we get back up to speed. Uh, Boulder, hmm. Yeah, not much more to say about that. Um, I did feel <laughs> completely like a fish out of water, uh, very uh, out of place. And the thing is, is I am not a person that has to feel comfortable, but I got to say I felt entirely uncomfortable. It was as if I walked into <laughs> another world. Now, maybe that was me reading a little bit too much into it. Maybe it was I was just in the uh, college town portion. I, I don't know. But I will tell you, beautiful area. Just hmm. it, it went from being just a nice liberal town to being a leftist progressive mess from best I can tell. And I've only been through Boulder once or twice before. Don't think I'd ever plan on staying there. And if you're letting your kids go to college there, <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, that being said, we went up to Estes Park. Now, I got to tell you, I couldn't figure it out because Estes Park is not a boom town, but it's certainly not a uh, hole in the wall either. It's very nice, and it's right on the border of the Rocky Mountain National Park, and it's got a very unique, nice downtown area. And we Once again, we stayed at a um, another independently owned um, operation there. It was very nice, uh, very pleasant breakfast and you know again dated it's kind of a motor lodge look from like maybe the 60s or early 70s but it had been kept up nice and and relatively all the hvac system was new it was clean it was but it, it was kind of like stepping back in time very enjoyable um and then their sister business next door had a very nice indoor pool and a very nice uh heated uh hot tub got to spend a couple nights in there with my wife Great place. Driving around the uh, Rocky Mountain National Park and getting to see lots of elk. They were everywhere. It's that time of the year. Never got to see any moose. I think I might have seen at a very far distance the uh, bighorn sheep that are in there. Uh, just I didn't have binoculars, so I couldn't see for 100%. Great place. Highly worth the uh, time to go visit it. Recommend it to anyone. Now. That being said, once again, uh, definitely what I would call an old school liberal town. Um, nothing had to be abrupt or in your face, which was nice, pleasant. Um, a very good mix of people, very you know friendly, nice. And again, this is outside of Texas. You know, I I do travel a little bit, but not. I mean, Oklahoma is kind of like North Texas. I mean. Um, or maybe even East Texas, Oklahoma. 
Um, in Arkansas, depending where you're going, might as well be <laughs> Oklahoma or Louisiana. I mean, I didn't see it was hugely different. Um, I, I didn't get into Fayetteville very much, so I don't know. Maybe that's as bad as Boulder or Austin. Don't know. But, I mean, in my home state of Wisconsin, I mean, it is just short, Midwestern, to the point values. Uh, people are generally nice, but not friendly, if that makes sense. They, they don't go out of their way. And it just made me think to myself how special and how important Texas is and why it matters, what the future matters. So over the course of the time that I was there, I did have downtime. I did get to relax. I did get to read these books and I I couldn't help but reflect on the idea that there's a unique opportunity there. You know, Colorado basically thumbed its nose at the federal government. Now, a lot of people maybe don't realize this, but they did what they wanted with their drug laws. Now, I know a lot of my listening audience is absolutely against legalization. I get it. Uh, The war on some drugs is very important to them. And look, I've seen some of the devastation and some of the problems that drug use causes. I, I would never write that off or never say that's an issue. I have always said, I'm just not sure throwing somebody in prison with a felony for drug use or abuse is a net positive. I fail to see it, but obviously I don't want to encourage it. And I don't think it's a good thing. And interestingly enough, both the books that I read or or two of the three books that I read did kind of deal with that issue. One was more laissez-faire, obviously using the moral high ground and saying, you shouldn't do that. You're destroying your life. You're destroying your body. And the other one is more of a, yeah, if you're going to do that, we're just going to cut you off. Both interesting views. I I wouldn't necessarily uh, want to spoil it. And I'm certainly going to spend some time talking about both the books later in the week, but I, but I couldn't help but think to myself, Estes Park hasn't exactly been overrun with dope heads, right? There's not, there's not a whole lot of pot shops floating around down there. Uh, I'm sure there's one somewhere and I just didn't see it, but it's not like I'm going out of my way uh, to go find the wacky tobacco. Not my thing. Not interested. Uh, You know, I'll have my one alcoholic drink once in a blue moon or once a week or whatever and enjoy it, you know, an adult beverage to enjoy the evening, but don't need more than that. Certainly don't want to be drunk. Uh, Wouldn't advocate altering your mind, whether it takes you a couple tokes on that stogie or um, you like your magic mushrooms or whatever the latest fad is. I got zero interest in that. I don't advocate it. I think it's a bad idea. But again, I, I didn't really see the destruction. Now, I know the crime rate's gone up, and I know <laughs> Boulder. <laughs> but even Colorado Springs has issues in the surrounding areas. And I wonder, is that because of the drug use, or is it just in the open because now it's legal? So Colorado did that and they did it in the face of the feds, which was really interesting in Colorado being a state that's, I guess, probably 45% Democrat voters, maybe 48% Democrat voters, maybe 38 or 40% Republican voters. And there's a pretty solid mid range contingent of libertarian esque people there. And they sway those elections. 
I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't know. I'm I'm sure somebody that actually cares more about Colorado and goes on there politically would like to uh, critique that or correct that, and fine. But what I've read from several libertarians is they actually sway the outcome of a lot of votes in that state now. And so I'm curious, are they happy with what they've seen? Because they're getting more gun control there. I mean, their governor's getting away with all sorts of abuses of power. So I'd like to know where those libertarians are at. Why they're not joining with Republicans to push back. Now, I know the Republicans uh, hmm, have a reputation of never fighting back when it actually matters. They, they surrender <laughs> at the first sight of a fight. Maybe that's true. Um, and, and the conservatives are all over the map all the time. Um, and oh, believe me, we'll be spending time on that later this week as well. That is, if you were going to do anything, the biggest fault is the Republicans just don't show up. The conservatives don't fight. They don't fight when they need to. They just, for lack of a better word, chicken out. It's really disturbing. It's very disappointing, but that's the world we live in. So again, wandering around Colorado and the Rocky Mountain National Park, uh, it looked beautiful. It was nice. People were nice. They were pleasant to talk to and visit with and really I just didn't see it. I, I don't see the crisis. Now, let me bring that home to Texas for just a minute. Because, you know, honestly, my entire podcast is keyed on the idea of what we do in Texas matters. Well, Texas is more important than what happens in D.C. Austin needs to be reined in, needs to be reformed. But that's doable where we can't fix D.C. We can't waste our time on D.C. We can't worry about what the feds do. One of the most interesting aspects about this is the corollary is we do have a libertarian bent or a liberty bent in Texas. We, we are part of the West as much as we're part of the, the South. And we pretty much have the attitude of just leave us alone. Let us do our own thing. We're content. We don't need your help. Thank you very much, Mr. Fed. Go away. The problem is our leadership refuses to push back, refuses to tell them to go pound sand, refuses to tell them to stay in their lane. Our, our, our state government lacks the willpower to do what the people want them to do. They, we have a desire for them to do. I mean, even the Democrats, not all of them, but some of them, even the Democrats realize that the federal government is not helping anything. They're setting us up for failure. I saw a statistic where uh, Denver had picked up 20,000 illegal aliens. Migrant workers, displaced people, whatever fancy word you want to get. They had an extra 20,000 people dumped in Denver. Now multiply that by, oh, I don't know, 100. And that's what we're getting in Texas all the time. And, and if you think the hundred might be hyperbole, last time I looked, 20,000 times 10 is 200,000 times 10 more is 2 million, right? So 2 million people cross the Texas border and come here every year or maybe every other year. I don't know. Who cares anymore? It's just so many that it's untenable, yet we're supposed to deal with it. And again, this falls on the lack of leadership out of our governor. Now, I'm not looking for our governor to go legalize anything drug-wise and stand firm on that. No, no, I would like him to do his job, hold the line on the border. And not 
I'm going to put some buoys up and pretend that's going to change something. No, I want to see the Texas Guard down there, the Texas Air National Guard patrolling. I want to see 50 cals mounted. I want to see people turned back. Now, whether this is quote unquote a peaceful invasion or not, it's still an invasion. The migration is going to happen probably, maybe. I say we direct them into New Mexico or California. At least their voting patterns will match. The outcomes of what they want will match. They're coming here and ruining, debasing Texas. And and I say that knowing full well that probably a majority are OTM. For those of you who don't know, that means other than Mexicans. The Tejano culture here in Texas is rich and informed and involved with the Texians. They're not enthusiastic about it either. I read a story over the weekend that even in New York City, the illegal aliens that had been there for years are upset about what's going on with this mass migration and whatever percentage are actually ending up in New York City. They're causing them to be displaced. They're causing them to be put out of work. So we see who benefits from this, the lawlessness the quote unquote free, cheap labor, but is it really cheap and free? I mean, here in Texas, they get to go to our schools for free, right? Cause they don't own property by and large. So they're not paying their property tax. They get all sorts of benefits because they cross the border and have their child here. The, the birth tourism thing is a real thing and we just play along with it. We pretend we don't see it. Now, look, I'm not excited about the notion of going and rounding up people and tossing them out. No, I want to stop them at the border. Yeah, you don't belong here. You're not coming in. Now, if you've already been here for a generation or two or whatever, okay, fine. Not ideal. Not the best thing. But I'm not going to go displace people that have been here 10 years. But you know what? 10 days, 10 weeks? Yeah. No, you need to go. There's the door. Go back from wherever you came from or go back to, you know, or go, better yet, go to California. You'll be happier there. You really will. I mean, the south half of that state's already run. by by people that are openly hostile to the United States. So why wouldn't we go there? You'd be happier. I promise. Now, of course you may say that's mean. You, you you may say that uh, you're cold hearted, whatever. Yeah. But the other thing you're not following along here is what percentage of military age males are actually coming across with the migration. Who thought that was a good idea? Why would we want to encourage this? Why would we want to turn a blind eye to this? What is the outcome that is likely to happen? And then, of course, there's the Chinese people that are coming along for the ride. Not to mention the Middle Eastern people that are thrown in the mix. What's the common thread here? None of these people like America. Now, I can make an argument. They probably have good reasons not to like the American government. I can make an argument that they probably don't like the American people for at least reasons, not saying they're good, but reasons. But what does that have to do with Texas? Why should Texas put up with it? Why should Texas play along? Why should Texas continue to bear the brunt of bad policies? At a certain point, there's got to be a consequence. At a certain point, we've got to get our leaders to stand up and do the job. We've got to get them to show up. Now, I realize that some of this could be very pointed and very mm, juvenile when directed at a governor, 
But you, you need to understand this is metaphorical speech, right? The idea that you have a job that requires a backbone, the, the idea that you have a job that requires that you utilize your cojones shouldn't be lost on anybody. You, you fought and got yourself up that greased pole of politics and you made yourself the governor of the probably the most important state of the union and you refused to do anything to protect it. That's a problem. You refuse to stand up, quote unquote, to do the job that you were elected to do. And I'm really disappointed about that. Now, look, the governor's got an R after his name. The governor's arguably the second or third best governor in this in the union. But does that really mean much when they're all bad? When, when they're all weak, when they when they all refuse to stand up for their people and put their people in their state first. You know, I've been working with this idea built on the notion of, you know, make America great again, America first or whatever. We have Texas first. There's already people that support that and say that and think it's a good thing. I'd like to see where it's codified. I'd like to see, I don't know, three to five points that if you want to be Texas first, you believe these three to five things. Now, and if you agree with those, that means something. And I don't know, maybe you run for office, maybe you have a club, whatever, but you're going to be Texas first. We're going to put Texas first. The needs of Texas are more important than the needs of Mexico, California, Canada, or New York. The the concerns of the people of Texas trump what the people in the rest of the country think. At some point, our state's got to mean something. At some point, our state's got to assert some sovereignty, even liberal Colorado asserted its sovereignty. Colorado and their leadership, though I vehemently disagree with many of the things that they are doing, they're getting things done. They're pushing things through. Now, they're violating the Constitution. They're abusing rights. They're clearly going far beyond what D.C. is comfortable with, but they're doing it anyway. And they're telling D.C. to go pound sand. They're more progressive or liberal leftist, if you will, than the leadership in D.C. is, and they get away with it. Why can't we do the same thing in reverse? Why can't we defend individual liberty? Why can't we say, well, actually, constitutional carry actually does mean something. And you know what? We're going to encourage our people to go around carrying firearms everywhere. An armed society being a polite society seems like a good idea. Now, I got to admit, I was very pleased when I saw somebody hiking through the Rocky Mountain National Forest with a pistol on their hip. It gave me the warm fuzzies. At least somebody there was going to be willing to defend himself and his friends, his life, his property. Now, I took a plane, so that wasn't really an option for me. But I'm just saying, what what if we had, I don't know, 80% of the state of Texas packing heat at any given time? Wouldn't that give you the warm fuzzies? There, there was a, a video I got to see uh, yesterday. <laughs> it was off the idea, try that in a small town, right? The, the old cowboy, which apparently was an older Mexican guy or Latino guy, since I don't know, but that's what they said in the ad. Uh, some little thug came in, pointed a pistol at him. He waited until he turned his back and he took him out. 
<laughs> he, he took him down. The guy, and not only that, the guy lost his revolver, but had a knife, and he started trying to stab the guy. But they took him out again. He didn't even have a pistol on his hip, and he took the guy on. That's the kind of men we need. That's the kind of people we need that aren't afraid of a little thug, not afraid of a little punk trying something. And they're going to stand their ground. Now, I don't necessarily advise that that's a great idea to take on an armed robber. But he got to give kudos to somebody that's willing to do it. But what if there was uh, three or four other people around and two or three of them were packing heat? Oh, you want to pull your little revolver out? Yeah, well, I got one for you right here, buddy. Put it down. Now, maybe that's not me. Maybe I'm not that guy. I'd probably be the speed bump, right? Slow him down out the door or try and tackle him down. But somebody else is going to be packing that heat most of the time. That's the kind of stuff we need. We need a less than lethal review, or I should say response. And you, you uh, put two uh, handguns in the battle, somebody's going to go down. But I ask you, what percentage of the general population do you know that wouldn't just cower and get on their knees and beg for their life? I'm guessing 30% of the people that I've known in my life would do that. I'd say 50% would just kind of stare them down and make them throw them on the ground. But I probably know 20% of the people that would say not no, but heck no. And they throw their body in the way. They try and slow them down. They try and take them out. I mean, 20% something. It's got to mean something. And of that 20%, I'd say the majority of them since I've been in Texas, which is more than half my life now, it's interesting because Texas is supposed to mean something. But even in Colorado, right? Even, Even in liberal Colorado, I think they value their liberty more than we do sometimes. Now, maybe it's the wrong liberties. Maybe it's misplaced liberties. But clearly, the people in their state are getting what they want. They get some of what they don't want. But that's done by the state. It's not even being done by the feds. In Texas, we ask, we beg, we lead, we cajole our Texas House, our Texas Senate. Please do these things. We give them priorities. These are important things. And for our troubles, we're labeled right-wingers. For our troubles, we're uh, (laughs) labeled the extremist base. Where in the world do these lefty loons on the news get to determine what's center, right, and extreme right? Why do we tolerate this? And yet that's what we're dealing with every day. I'm not really sure why wanting to protect the Bill of Rights is an extremist idea. I'm not really sure why the freedom of speech being protected, the uh, right to a jury trial, I don't know, or the fifth amendment meaning something or the fourth amendment meaning something, or I don't know, saying that the 10th amendment means that there's state sovereignty and you have a right to, as a state to say, yeah, we're not going to do that. I don't know why that's extremism, but wanting to confiscate firearms, wanting to, you know, castrate children. That's not extremism. No, that's perfectly normal. According to the news. At what point did we get there? We, we protect perverts. We we promote perversion and pedophilia. That's all normal and good, even in Boulder, Colorado. But here in Texas, right? Center-right state, if there ever was one, we can't get basic things done. 
Oh, no, but we made special time to go impeach our attorney general because he was a little naughty somewhere, maybe. Meanwhile, our governor abuses power. And the federal government runs roughshod over all of us and tramples our rights. And we can't get the <laughs> the leaders of our own state to do anything about it. Oh, except for the guy that we impeached. Yeah, let's not forget that. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I've rambled a little bit. I, I know I way went off the idea of talking about my vacation. But look, the vacation and seeing this stuff and, uh, and being inspired by what even some lefties in another state value, how they do it. Why can't we do the same? Why can't we push back? Why can't we make a difference? We always talk about Texas leading. We can't lead if we don't do anything. We can't lead if we don't get off our butts. We cannot make a difference if we continue to let the soft-handed leaders of our party, of our government, do what they want to do. We need to push them. We need to replace them. I don't know, but we need to do something. And that time is coming. And I'll be here to talk all about it. And until the next episode, I will see you on the other side.